0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Janelle Carlson, and I'm your Friday host for Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business. We are super excited to have on the podcast today, Megan Lutz. I'm really honored for you to be here, Megan, and I would love for you just to start out. Let's learn about you. Tell us about yourself.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, A little about myself I'm a local. I grew up in washington i uh, went to college at gonzaga university GoZags, and then i came back to seattle to go to law school at seattle university uh, i'm an attorney i started my legal career pretty traditionally at a law firm uh, practicing defense side labor and employment law and then i moved in house pretty junior in my career working at a fortune 500 international company handling their global employment and immigration work and then after several years of doing that i uh, moved over to a national consulting company to negotiate and handle their commercial transactions. Um, now I'm currently a director of legal at a technology startup in Seattle, it's called Convoy. Uh, I head up our commercial transactions team, our employment law team and our immigration team. Uh, and I also just handle other miscellaneous legal issues. Um, we've been a fast paced growing company. Uh, we were GeekWire startup of the year, tech Titan of the year, and this year we were deal of the year. Um, and we were also the second unicorn out of Seattle getting our uh, billion dollar valuation last year. Um, my husband and I had our first child, a uh, daughter, uh, this last year. Congratulations!
0: Uh, thank
1: you. So this year's been a been an adventure, for sure. Wow. Lots of
0: juggling,
1: new baby.
0: <laughs> so when, is, how old is your, your child? Just turned one. Aww. Okay. That's yes. so fun. So you're one of those uh, doing everything at home, wearing multiple hats. <laughs>
1: just shut my door in case she has a meltdown. She loves these video conferences, so she likes to run in and get on things.
0: Well, Susan and I have a cat that loves our video conferences (laughs) and comes and jumps on the keyboard. So I've closed my door. Hopefully it doesn't break in. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, you said you're a local. Did you grow up in the Bay Area then? Are you a Bay Area local or? Um,
1: a Seattle local. So I um, grew up around here. Um, Yeah, Federal Way, Tacoma area, and then um, stuck around
0: awesome awesome well it sounds like you have a really exciting career and with a growing tech startup so that's really really a great accomplishment so we're gonna like kind of segue over into accomplishments how about just share one of your proudest moments your proudest successes
1: you know i think i I was it's hard to think of just one so i think it's really a combination of several things um, and kind of a moment in time I think that right now, actually, I'm very proud of where I am professionally, recently becoming the director of legal um, and also kind of being asked to be on various advisory boards for diversity and inclusion or other professional um, executive boards. I think the combination of those really has been kind of um, a culmination of various aspects of my career, both recognition of the hard work in different substantive areas of the law, as well as uh, kind of moving into management roles and giving me an opportunity to build a best in class team um, and manage and mentor other attorneys Um, and also being on the boards, giving me a platform and a voice uh, where I can talk about things that I value and forums in which I can make a difference for diversity so I guess it's not a, a one accomplishment as, as much as um, I'm proud of the stage of career I think I've I've got to.
0: Yeah, you're building so many layers to yourself within your career, and then being a part of advisory boards and executive boards. How do you do it all? <laughs> <You> <laughs> should do it.
1: Night, of coffee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true. I think that's my that's my friend of the day. <laughs> Start the day out right with a cup of Joe. Absolutely. Well, everybody who has, you know, a story of successes usually have great inspiration along the way with mentors. Do you have a story to share about somebody inspirational in your life?
1: I have several very inspirational mentors. I think I'd be remiss to name just one. I am really fortunate that, you know, the the woman I work for now, the general counsel, Bianca, um, has been a mentor of mine for, you know, over a decade, um, as well as I've worked for several incredible women. Um, And I think that really touches on an important piece of advice to women that in your career, I think people should always seek out two to three strong female mentors, um, someone they look up to career wise, someone that's ahead of you in your career, someone who has a desire and a capacity to be a good mentor to you. Um, And it's really, I think, in the beginning of your career incumbent on you to foster that relationship and build a strong one But if you do, and that's what I did, I think it becomes invaluable and it continues to benefit you your entire career. Um, And the few strong women mentors that I've met throughout my career and decades ago have been the ones that have really shaped my entire career. They've been the ways I've gotten my various job opportunities. They've always been sounding boards for job changes. They've served as my references. They're advocates for me for career opportunities. I check in with them about salary. you know, um, and every kind of stage, trying to check in and see where I'm at. And um, I personally believe that women should lift each other up. And so um, I think that having a strong female mentor is crucial. And I'm lucky to have several. That's so amazing.
0: And so true. And we often as doers and accomplishers of so many different layers, forget that 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 piece of being able to reach out and seek out those people. So do you have any, you know, tips on if somebody's like, I don't even know how to ask somebody for help or how did you do that? How did you seek them out and ask for their assistance?
1: Well, I think it's, it has to be a mutual um, relationship in that they also have a desire and capacity to mentor. So sometimes it's hit or miss, but it's really about networking and finding someone that you respect and, um, something that you want to emulate in their career or in the way they you know uh, go about their professional life and then you know fostering that relationship asking questions meeting for coffee um, and then I think naturally it will progress um, or fall off depending on if it's a good fit or not um, and and I think you can just ask as well you know i really respect X about your professional career um, would you be a mentor to me can i reach out to you if i have questions and then I think part of it is, owning the responsibility of maintaining that relationship in some ways, making sure you're reaching out and at a cadence that makes sense and, um, you know, keeping in touch and asking the right questions.
0: Absolutely. And in those cases, it's it's really a, you know, you got to lead that relationship. And it's, it is kind of an honor to be like on the receiving end of that. So sometimes you think, oh, they're too busy, they're too this, but how often do you be like, hey, I really love and respect what you do. I'd love to see it. you know, that kind of feels good. So I think women like that.
1: Absolutely. And because I had so many strong women mentors, I have made it kind of a mission that I give back. So if anybody ever needs a mentor and asks, I always make the time because there were amazing women who did the same for me.
0: Absolutely. Well, this is a great segue to my next question. And you had mentioned that you like to lift other women up. And that's what this podcast is about is bringing stories, lifting up women in their journeys. So that said, how would you advise
1: other women to support women in business or in general? um, Really appreciate the question because I feel strongly about this topic and I speak about it often. I think there's many ways to do it and I could talk all day. So cut me off if we go too long. (laughs) Um, I think in the, career context, it's crucial that women do that. And it depends where you're at in your career and the ways you can do it. I think um, it starts small and it starts at home. You have to check in with yourself. I think that women sometimes in the career context are even more critical of other women than men are sometimes. Um, And part of the beginning work, I think, is being conscientious, checking in with yourself. um, If you find yourself being more critical of other women um, you know Whether that's their public speaking, their presentation, the tone they took in a meeting, kind of check yourself and be honest with yourself if you're being fair and consistent. And I think the next level of that is anyone can be a day-to-day advocate of women. It could be small, crediting another woman who did work or contributed to something when you're in a meeting. You can highlight them and say, you know, I had a question on that and by the way, thanks so much, Sharon. That was a fantastic presentation. Or it could be drawing attention to microaggressions really subtly if for example a woman's talked over in a meeting you could say oh i'm sorry i just i really wanted to hear what jennifer had to say about that um those are kind of small things you can do uh, or other things you know you go on linkedin once a day and you can like a post that a woman puts on or you can make a comment that's supportive saying you know that's right susie is a fantastic attorney or what a lucky team they get to work with cheryl Mm -hmm. and those things are kind of tangibly uplifting women in their careers and then i think the next step is if you are in a position where you may have a bit of authority or management Um, really making sure you're taking responsibility to make a larger impact, Uh, be an advocate for deserving women in interview loops, be an advocate for deserving women in promotion opportunities, highlight other women's accomplishments, and then seek out ways in your role in which you can make a broader impact. For example, when we select outside vendors or when we hire outside counsel and I'm running the RFP, I make sure I put a paragraph in that says, I find diversity to be an extremely important topic, especially with minorities and women, talk to me about a who's going to service our company like how's your team made up and tell me what your organization does proactively to promote women and diversity in your workplace and that goes into my decision making process and i hope that that a makes them articulate what they're doing but also from a business perspective makes them realize as a company that people are going to ask and that they should probably think about that as an organization Uh, Also, I'm sure I try to make sure to look at my own team, my hiring, the projects, how I give opportunities for women to kind of shine and be in front of leadership. Um, And then I also, as I mentioned before, make myself available to mentor women in their careers um, and talk to them about tactics for negotiating salary, balancing family life, um, how to deal with being assigned only the administrative tasks, things like that. Uh, I could talk all day about it, but those are just kind of a few examples of how I think people can make day-to-day changes that help uplift other women.
0: You know, I, your your passion comes through, which I love. So important. And what I love about everything you gave is like all these little things, like the small steps matter. Like you don't have to feel like you're, you know, Gandhi changing the world or, you know, it's the small steps and I love that. Like stick up for somebody in a meeting. You make sure their voices are like just liking and commenting on LinkedIn and support of other women are small steps. So I think sometimes people make it too big and little things matter. And I love that, that you provided those examples.
1: So cool. (laughs) Absolutely. I feel strongly about it. And also I think to your point, a lot of people think it has to be big sweeping changes. And sometimes when you listen to speakers about it, what they're recommending sometimes feels unrealistic especially to people who are not kind of top of the food chain in management they say well how in the world would i you know put that into a into practice and you actually can make lots of day to day changes regardless of what you do or where you're at
0: yeah the smallest things matter and actually people feel those little incremental things so thank you for bringing that because sometimes the the topics People don't even know where to begin, and you gave just a whole bunch of things that anybody can do every day, multiple times a day, and it takes doesn't take more than a second. So, so let's kind of talk about you know as everybody goes through their journeys, there's challenges, setbacks, and you know it. That's where the inspiration so often comes. So is there an example or a time or a story that you had a setback and how did you overcome it?
1: Yeah. So. Early in my career, uh, the 2009 recession hit, um, and I was at a firm, uh, and I had a whole plan, right? Like, early on, you have your entire career plotted out exactly what you're going to do each year, Um, and I was laid off during the recession, and I was devastated at the time. Um, I was actually currently pre-approved and in the middle of buying a house, uh, and I was just you know, I had a plan, I was going to be at this law firm, and I was going to move up, and then I was going to move in-house, and everything was going to be perfect, and I saw everything crumble in front of me, um, so how did I overcome it? First, it was ice cream and wine, and then <laughs> <laughs> after that, you know, I sat down and I made a plan, and I think a, a big piece of advice I got, and what I give to kind of new attorneys, is that you can have a plan, and that's great, but things are always changing, and but at the end of the day, you have to be able to readjust and no one can emulate one specific path a woman or anyone takes to career success um, because things are just happenstance. And the one thing that I realized was the most important is really your network and the network you build. And so, and that's been true throughout my entire career. And I think that's true in every career and especially for women. And so I think that that time was actually really important for me because I took those six months that I was unemployed to really build my network and I turned it into an art and I actually speak about it. I'm working on developing a course for law students at Seattle U on this um, because there's a strategy around networking. Otherwise you're just wasting your time. You know, the first several meetings I went to, I paid for parking downtown. I bought a coffee. I talked to some attorney who talked about themselves for 30 minutes and then they wished me good luck and left and it got me nowhere except, even poorer. Um, I I really developed kind of a strategy around how you get something out of these networking meetings, how you promote yourself during these meetings, how you lead with a good foot when you're speaking with people, um, and how you keep in touch with these networks to let your network work for you. And I ended up with a whole system. I color-coded it. I met with 150 attorneys ranging from Olympia to Everett. Um, I kept in touch with them. I still keep in touch with them. They're still my Christmas list, and my goal was to never cold apply to a job again, and I've stuck to that goal. Every job I got has been through this network, um, and I actually ended up moving in house as a second year attorney, which cut off five years of my plan before through this network, um, and you know, I think that 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 was a huge life lesson and also the time and energy invested in building such a strong network, which is also how I met kind of these mentors of mine, um, has served me the rest of my career and um, overcoming setbacks, it created a skill set that maybe you don't replicate that exactly, but the skill set and a setback is taking a step back and creating a strategy around where you want to go. The end goal can always be the same if you want it to be, but the routes change regularly, just like they have with COVID. And readjusting strategically is important, but I think always building that network um, will let you have a fallback plan. um, And that network will support you uh, in anything you need to do when you're changing throughout your career. For sure,
0: yeah, that's so important. I love you, you're so inspiring, that's amazing, because everybody's going through that right now. And having that flexibility and being fluid. And it's another thing. And I was guilty of it in my career in marketing communications was my foundation. And you're behind the scenes. A lot of times you don't build your network. You're such a doer and so busy that those relationships matter. And then all of a sudden it comes at a time that you don't have them. So I, I do believe it's like the new... Currency in life is is having that strong foundation of, of a true supportive network. And that's part of what we're bringing together here in this podcast is building those relationships and getting the word out.
1: And finding people who will speak up for you or stick their neck out for you or promote you or, you know, reach out to contacts they know on your behalf. Um, all of the energy put into a network, I think, comes back a hundredfold later as you're moving throughout your career,
0: for sure. Yeah. And the the downfalls don't feel so hard when you have friends, because it's not just people you know. They become your friends, your support structure,
1: your mentors. And so you have a course, the whole course you teach? Um, I haven't started the course yet. I'm in conversations with Seattle U about developing it, but I absolutely do full panels on this in in terms of, and I could talk all day about the strategy, and I'm happy to share with anyone who wants to know it's not It's not any sort of rocket science, but I do think, especially law students or people early in their career, they're always told network, but nobody knows what that means exactly. And you start from like the 101, like research who you're gonna speak with, or make sure you spell their name correctly, or how to send a thank you follow up, but also strategies around, you know, I recommend that they, decide who they're talking to, and based on that, select two or three things on their resume that they want to make sure that person knows, and you work them into a question because you should really be guiding the conversation in an informational interview. If your goal is that person walks away knowing things about you and thinking, I want to hire that person and or I would I would recommend this person to a job, you've got to lead the conversation. And so you know, if, for example, I wanted you to know that I um, negotiate Large contracts you'd work that into a question and say well tell me Janelle you know in your career I'm sure you've encountered lots of contracts I've negotiated probably a hundred thousand of them with large clients what do you think about X Y Z right and the answer doesn't actually matter the point is you're leading with the information you want them to know about you and there's all these kind of little tips and tricks like that Um, and then I also created an Excel spreadsheet of all of the people that I've met and you color-coded and I did green for the people that were really helpful who you know seemed want to help me yellow where the people like they were nice enough but it was a little hard to get on their calendar red where it was like pulling teeth to get them to help you and wouldn't want to reach out unless you needed to and then when you add them on linkedin everyone is kind of connected within a one degree in seattle or in this area um and the legal profession's pretty uh, close-knit actually and so you know who knows who so anytime you see a job once you've built out your network you should be able to go to your spreadsheet and go to linkedin and say who works at this company who can submit me? And if they are not literally at the company, you go to the one degree connections or you go to your greens and it's a small community. You say, I saw this job. I'm wondering if you have any advice for me or if you can help and you'd be surprised how many people will internally refer you or pick up the phone and call someone for you. And that's how I got every interview. That's how I've switched every job. That's really um, the way in which you maneuver a, a competitive profession.
0: Yeah, what that is so incredible and so needed, and I love how it's really practical and not scary. Like you have it all figured out. Like you totally need to teach this course and keep us posted on that. It's amazing. <laughs> so let's kind of switch gears about like something more
1: fun. Tell something surprising about you. Oh, gosh, there's lots of random things. I'm scared of sharks, and I don't know why. Um, maybe in another life I was eaten by one. Um, I don't like feet touching me, <laughs> uh, or more substantively, I was adopted. I was adopted from Korea. I came over to America when I was uh, six months old and grew up in America, but um, yeah. Oh, cool.
0: That's really funny that you have, like, uh, you don't like feet touching you, sharks. <laughs> you <don't laughs> like a correlation. <laughs> a
1: correlation. Just random surprising things I guess.
0: <laughs> I think we all have that. It's just a matter of like coming into terms. I'm gonna <laughs> notice mine later. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is kind of another fun one that Susan and I come up with. We kind of call it our wild card question. Do you have a motto or saying that you live by?
1: You know, I do and a mentor actually told me this and I have like lived and breathed by it. And as a woman, it really rings true to me. She told me, don't worry about a problem that doesn't exist yet. And I find that A, I'm a worrier. B, I think me and probably many women Um, You think 10 steps down the road, right? So if you're going to switch jobs, if you're going to apply for a promotion, if you're going to do all these things, you start thinking, well, yeah, but next year, you know, what if we're going to have a baby? And is it a good time? And financially, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, Joey's going to start preschool. Is it a good time for me to take on more responsibilities? All these things that actually aren't current problems, and you don't even know they're going to be problems. And you count yourself out of opportunities ahead of time, when really, you don't even know you were going to get the promotion. You don't even know that you were going to have a job capacity issue. And you know, I, this came up when I was took this startup job. I was working at the consulting company. It was a stable, wonderful job. I had a fantastic manager. Everything was great. I knew we were planning to have our first child, and I thought I can't take this startup life job. I can't go to this, you know, up and coming, fast paced company work crazy hours what if I'm morning sick what if I'm tired what if I've never been pregnant before what if I'm just miserable and I can't put my best foot forward I haven't proven myself there they don't know my work what if I have this baby and I decide that my priorities have shifted and I wish I kind of stayed at a calmer (laughs) job all of these things I'd spiraled and was had talked myself out of taking this job and my mentor had come back to my motto right like You don't know you're gonna be morning sick. You don't know you're gonna be tired. You don't know your priorities are gonna shift. You don't know any of these things. What you do know now is you have a job opportunity on the table and you need to compare apples to oranges. And is this job opportunity what you wanna do for your career right now? And when I weighed all of it, yeah, it was. And it was a huge and incredible opportunity for me. Um, and I took it and it was incredible. And I was not morning sick and I weirdly was not tired. My priorities have not shifted as much as I was worried they would. And um, you know, I I am grateful and happy I took this job. And at the end of the day, if those problems came up, I could have addressed them when they did, right? If I was super sick and tired, then I'd have to figure out what I needed to do then. But um, yeah, I think that's the best mantra to live by is address what's in front of you and don't, don't try to count yourself out of things before they're actually problems.
0: For sure. Yeah, it's just moving past all your fears. All those what ifs are all the potential things that could go wrong. It's like cross that bridge when you come to it.
1: <laughs> exactly. And women do it, I think, too often. And they, they talk themselves out of really great opportunities. Yeah,
0: well, it's recognizing, and I think you brought it up earlier, of being like self-aware and, and taking that inward look. So I'm so glad that you were able to do that and you had a mentor that could help you through that because now look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, Megan, if people wanna to get to know you more or find out about all the great things you have to offer, how can they reach you?
1: Uh, You can either connect with me on LinkedIn, Megan Lutz, L-U-T-E-S, or you can email me at mlutz at convoy.com.
0: Oh, great. I can't wait to just hear more about what you have to offer. You are a powerhouse. I call Susan a powerhouse. You are, you've got like this energy and you have a way of distilling things down. I think that are really practical for people. So you're going to do a lot of important work in your career, I can see. And you and I need to connect on LinkedIn as well. So I will be reaching out to you. And thanks for sharing your story and being with us here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.